Uh, thank you. I just returned. I spent a couple of weeks uh, in Uganda. My second trip there, kids, when you come back, well, all right, and the rest will wait. You're able to sit with family or come here. I uh, had the opportunity to go to Uganda again. And uh, I want to share, though, and it'll connect a little, is uh, God keeps his promises. And uh, we will see that when you see that flag waving here, especially in the land of Israel, when you see Jewish people standing at the wall praying, that is evidence and proof that God keeps his word. And so it's nice to see the people. It was great when I was uh, in, in Uganda and people were excited to, to, to have me there. But it's not to be excited about us. We're just a sign to point people to God and, and that our presence, that we still live, we breathe, and, and that we could actually be in Israel, in Jerusalem, at the wall. It's proof that God keeps his word. Uh, most of the days I was there, we stayed at the uh, Hotel Paradise. And uh, I would have to tell the, uh, the, the Ugandans they'd want to feed us at, at the different services and, and said, listen, you know, a little white boy from America, they put all sorts of things in our food to protect us, and I can't come and eat so much of what you would like to offer. I'm grateful. Uh, but they made sure that they had a stay at the Hotel Paradise where they were prepared for Americans and Europeans. And uh, so kids are welcome to come and sit down here. Rabbi Steve told me that you're welcome to come here like normal. All right, we stayed there, and that was one of the, uh, the places we got to eat our breakfast and dinner, our meals. And there's a sunset going over a river. Anyone know what river is there in Uganda? I didn't realize it. What? The Nile. All right. The Nile River. This is the Nile River. It's the source of the Nile River starting with Lake Victoria. Kids are welcome to come. Like, yep. If you're willing to part from your mom. Do any of you kids remember, heard of the Nile River? Any kid know what happened at the Nile River? Yeah, what? Yep, it turned to blood. And, and there was a baby that uh, took a ride in the Nile. What, who was that little baby boy that took a ride in the Nile? Moses. Moses. Yeah, and I had no clue when I went there, that's the same Nile River. It's a whole nother part of it. But that's the same. All I knew about the Niles turning into blood and Moses taking a ride, and I got to have breakfast or dinner every day at the Nile River. And so that's just a neat opportunity to be sitting there thinking about it. I've been reading about this all my life, and here I am just relaxing, having dinner, watching the sunset over the Nile River. And so that was a neat tr opportunity. Let's see. Well, here, I was at, uh, this was a hotel that, well, we'll stay at next time, but we're having dinner. What's in that uh, picture? What are those people? Yep, there's some army men, and, uh, and I was there, we're having it. I was told, I didn't realize it, when I went there the first time, they said, Uganda, Britain offered Uganda first to the Jews as a homeland. That, that was where they offered him first, and I'd been there, and Karamoja, where I'm here, this is the land, I'm told, that 
specifically the city that they offered them to be home. And Pastor Henry told me they turned Britain down, and he said they made the correct choice because the Bible tells us where home sweet home is. And, but Pastor Henry said, boy, our lives would be so much better if the Jews lived here with us. Uh, you know, all the inventions, and, and Jews, specifically Israelis, all, I mean, since Israel's been a nation, medical, technology, agricultural, everything, they've just invented so much stuff that saves our lives, make it so much better. So listen, if any of you kids want to move to Uganda, anyone want to move to Uganda? You do? <laughs> okay. L listen. Well... Where Israel is, yeah, that's right. I'd love to move to Israel. But let me tell you, the pastors in Uganda are waiting for you. They will welcome you and take you there and, and invite you to come live there with them. They are absolutely grateful. Now, here's Karamoja, the city they offered them first. And if you see my fingers pointing down, there's three what would be little flags. And it's just in the last few years they faded. But under my finger, if you look, it's mostly white, but just directly below my finger, you see two little blotches, squares of blue. Those are the remaining blue ink paint of the blue stripes of the Israeli flag. You see that under my finger? And so that was an Israeli flag. Don't know what the other two. So they took me there right away and said, Ron, here's something with soldiers and an Israeli flag. And a couple of years ago, they could still easily see all the blue paint. I couldn't find anything yet. I've got to research and find out what is that all about, this statue with an Israeli flag in Karamoja. Uh, I just got an email from a friend this week. The Jerusalem Post said, Uganda next week is expected to move their uh, embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Right. Congratulations. So you can move there. They will welcome you. They love you. And uh, so you want to move to China? Yeah, well, right now is not a good time. You shouldn't hate it. But so Uganda, they love the people of Israel. They want us to go there. I've got to research that. They had me come to speak and teach on Israel and the feasts, and so went to several different places. So we had our conference, yes? Well, they called a friend of mine, Pastor Matt, they knew him, and they said, bring a Jew, a Messianic <laughs> Jew, to come and teach with you. They invited Pastor Matt to teach, and they said, and we love your teaching, but we want a Messianic Jew to come, and they, they want me to come every year and teach, and luckily this year he didn't say it, but last year Pastor Henry announced I was moving to Uganda. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I do like rice, and they eat a lot of rice, so that would be good at least. Uh, if you want, when you grow up, you can do that. And so got to teach it. They love Israel. The they have a great worship team at Pastor Henry's church, uh, all uh, young adults. And uh, as you see, they have uh, Israeli flags for part of their worship. They sang Hebrew. Now listen, uh, are you kids studying Hebrew in Hebrew school? No, we got to work on that. I got to work on it some more. Uh, 
when, when I speak in, when I, you know what I should bring you, and, and uh, when I go to churches, pastors try to impress me. They think they, they get excited. They know a couple of words in Hebrew. And, and so they go ahead and they say their few words in Hebrew. And then right there with me standing on the pulpit in front of him. So Ron, how did I do with my Hebrew? And I sit there and say to myself, the Bible says thou shalt not lie. <laughs> what am I going to do? I can't tell him the truth, but I can't lie either as a pastor in front of his whole church. Well, they sang some songs in Hebrew, and they were perfect. I don't know who helped him, who taught him, but I told him that in front of everybody. Your Hebrew pronunciation was perfect. But then again, I'm a New York Jew. I can't speak Hebrew, so I mean, who knows if, I, if it really was right. But it sounded perfect to me, and you can. And so they love to worship in Hebrew. And here's me at another church uh, speaking about Israel. But what, just to take a few minutes, it's what, 10 to 1, yep, just very quickly show you a few things. All throughout history, people have been killing or trying to kill Jewish people. And on the left on the top is a fire. What's that picture about? Any of you kids know? Yep, any more specific? Kids can sit there and talk from a seat too. Do you have any idea? That top picture with flames. And there's people, what? Yep. He's protecting, what, the fiery furnace? Some of the people were sent in the fiery furnace. And who made a, a gallow to hang Jewish people? Okay, if you say boo, that gives, we know you know the answer. That's all you have to say. It's have to say. Yeah, <laughs> Boston Red and, and who's the guy with the funny mustache in the middle? He's a Jew, and we just remembered uh, some bad things that he did, yes? A pet tiger. All right. And so that man in the middle, we just remembered what last week Israel of uh, the Holocaust Remembrance International. And I just thought he, he looked good in a dartboard. And uh, I, I just thought that was a good place to put his picture. Uh, maybe I'll have to actually make one. Who knows? But uh, that's where he belongs in the center of a dartboard. And so but all throughout history, people like this have been trying to kill us. And uh, then as well, throughout history, other people didn't kill us necessarily, uh, but they just try to keep us out of the land. As soon as Britain gave us then Israel after we turned down Uganda, that same day that some of the nations surrounding started a war, 67, 73, and they keep trying to kick us out of the land. I mean, why do people keep trying to kick us out of the land or kill us? I mean, we're less than 1% of the world's population. I think if you just left us alone, we wouldn't bother anybody. And uh, we're not looking for any trouble. And so, but all throughout history, people keep trying to kill us, keep driving us out of the land. And whenever this happens, Jewish people continually ask this question. Oh, volume? No, we've got to retry it. All right, one more second here. Hold back. Let's go. All right, we're ready here. People keep asking this one question. Did it work today? No, it's not working today. I'm not a singer. One more time, or if you just click it on the computer, let's see. Let's try it one more time here. Why is everybody always picking on me? Uh, all right. We've been asking that question all throughout history. 
why is everybody always picking on me? And, but they just keep doing it. They keep doing it. And tell them to stop it. that's right. We've got to tell them to stop it. The Bible is filled with all sorts of promises. Yep, that God has for us. Yes. And what we have, let me just skip this and go here. God told Abram he was going to give him a homeland, Israel. Get a moving truck and go on out. I've got a new place for you to live. And so go do that. And then what would happen is, and, and throughout Genesis and other places, God keeps encouraging and reminding him. But then finally, Genesis 15, you know, Abram says, listen, God, what do you notice about Abra Abram and Sarah? And they're very, very old. And, and so one day, you know, Abram says, listen, God, take a look at the two of us. Do you see all this gray hair? Now, listen, we're not coloring our hair. This is just because we're old. And, and you've been promising us lots of kids. And time is passing. And we're running out of time. And it just ain't going to happen. So what's going on? Has anyone ever made a promise to you and not kept it? Yes. How does that make you feel? Bad, sad. Yeah, well, Abram's having a little talk with God. Disappointed. That's a good word. And that's what Abram yep, is, and Sarah are feeling. God, what's going on? You've been making all these promises to us, and they're just not happening. Are you going to keep your promise? And so I want to encourage you as well, when we see Jewish people in the land of Israel, it's to remind you that God keeps his promises. You need to remember, every day when you look and you see the Israeli flag, you see there are Jewish people living in Israel, that is proof God keeps his promises. And that is what I want you to remember. They've been out of the land, and, but God said, listen, you got to go out of the land because you were naughty. The Jewish people were naughty. They wouldn't listen to him. So God said, I'm going to have to kick you out. And for a while, but then he says, when you confess your sin and humble yourself, what does humble mean? Any of you kids know? What might humble mean? Kind. Yep, humble people are kind and honest. And I was starting to think, you know, we get into trouble because we tell God he doesn't know what he's doing and we know better than him. God, you're not as smart as you think you are. That's not the right decision. That's not the right choice. I'll tell you how to do it instead. And then God says, okay, you don't like me being a king? I'll send you to Egypt and see if you like Pharaoh as a king instead of me. And then when we finally humble ourselves and say, all right, God, I didn't know what I was talking about. You really are the smart one here. And we acknowledge that we're guilty. God says, good, now I'll let you come back home and I'll keep my promise. And so there's lots of reasons sometimes God doesn't appear to be keeping the promise. There's different reasons that cause it to delay. And sometimes it's sin when we think we know better than God and don't want to listen to him. And then when we finally smarten up and say, God, I'm guilty, you know what you're doing, I don't. He says, now I'll keep my promise and I'll give it to you. Now, what might that chair be in a corner of a room for? Yeah? Time out. Yeah, that's what, you know, God has to do with us too. Time out, that's right. God sends us to time out often throughout life. So God will do it too, just like mom or dad. Now, how, do you stay in timeout for the rest of your life forever? No. Timeout is just for a little bit, and that's what I want to encourage you. It's the same thing with God. God looks and says, man, you're trouble. You don't know what you're doing, so timeout.
but it's not time out forever just for a season. He says, listen, Ron is naughty today. And, and this is true. And so God will start to deal with me. But then finally, I humble myself. I, and I acknowledge I don't know what I'm doing. And then God says, Ron is forgiven. I, I want to remind you, God loves to forgive you. So you do something wrong. You make a mistake. And you don't listen to God. God will deal with it. But he will also then sit there and say, I'm waiting to forgive you. Just say you're sorry, realize what's going on, and I will forgive you. All right, Psalm 89 is a wonderful scripture. He says, I'll never violate my covenant or alter my lips, what my lips have said. I won't break my covenant or take back even one promise. When God shakes his hand and says, I'll do it with you, he means it. He will never take it back. God doesn't have an eraser when there's covenants. Now, when you sin, God's got his eraser out. And as soon as you're willing to admit you sinned and humble yourself, God will erase it so he remembers it and sees it no more. But when God makes a promise, he puts the eraser away. He doesn't keep the eraser out when he makes a promise. He says nothing can be removed, nothing can ever be changed, erasers are not allowed when I make a promise. So that means someday in the future that promise will happen. Here is one of the most beautiful newspaper articles you'll ever see in your life. Israel is born, 1948. I want to encourage you ever wondering, God, when are you going to keep your promise? I want you to look for that newspaper article. Because that newspaper article is proof that God keeps his promise. But it's the call back then, the Palestine Post is what it was called then. Now, I'm assuming, is, it still the, is that the Jerusalem Post of today? Did it just change names along with other stuff? I've got to research and see. Because, you know, when I was teaching on this and showing this newspaper article in the summer, last summer in New York, I realized that's a mistake, though, the title. The state of Israel is born. It should say reborn. Reborn. And so I want to find out if that's really the same Jerusalem Post, because I'd like to write a letter to the editor in May and say, you need to reprint this article with the correct title. It's Reborn. All right? So anytime you get wondering, God, are, do you keep your promises? You look at that newspaper article on the Internet, and that is proof God will keep his promise. Here's something else. He says, return. God says, come home, come home. And what does it say? Because I won't be angry forever. God won't stay angry with you, yes? Acknowledge guilt. Yep, we'll stop there. The you have, I couldn't make a square without those words. God's ready to forgive us. All we have to do is admit, God, I was guilty. And if we do that, God will forgive us. And what's neat is he says we're faithless. He even says, come home even though you're faithless. I can't trust you. You don't deserve it. You're faithless. But I'm inviting you to come home. I'll forgive you anyway. Because what does he say? I am faithful. And Paul had told Timothy the same thing. God is faithful even though we're faithless. I looked up the thesaurus. What is faithless? It could mean dishonest or untrustworthy. 
Yeah. That's right, you can't trust. Here's a guy on the bottom right. He's lifting a mask. He's been wearing a mask, making you think he's one person, but he's really not that person. He's deceiving and tricking. He can't be trusted or dishonest. See the guy on the left, the top left? He's got his hand forward. He wants to shake your hand and be friends, but what's he got behind his back? A knife. A knife. That's faithless. You can't trust them. They're not honest. They're not trustworthy. And sometimes we're like that, but God's always faithful. We can always trust him no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening. We can trust God. He'll protect us and he'll keep us safe. And so this is good news. And he asks us to come home and is willing to forgive us even though we don't deserve it, even though we're faithless. The last scripture... In here, let me read it, Jeremiah, the last thing. Jeremiah 31, 35, and 6, the Lord says, He who appoints the sun to shine by day and the moon and stars at night and stirs up the seas to roars, the Lord Almighty is his name. Only if these things disappear will Israel ever cease from being a nation. Have you seen the sun recently? Have you seen the sun up in the sky? Today or yesterday? I can't remember this morning. Was the sun out today? No, but it's been out recently though, hasn't it? Did anyone, did you, did you see the moon or the stars last night or the night before? No, not last night. Maybe it was raining too. You go out there, but most days you're going to see the sun. I want to remind you, the Bible says that as long as that sun's in the sky, as long as the stars and the moon are in the sky, Israel will be a nation. So when you see the sun the next time and you see the moon and the stars, you remember that is a sign from God that Israel will be a nation. Waves. Every time you go, now you don't get those in St. Pete and Clearwater, but if you head out to the coast, the east coast, and you can find the waves, every time you see a wave, that is a sign from God. Israel will be a nation. As long as that wave is wrong, as long as the sun's in the sky, Israel is a nation. And so I want you to get this scripture in your head so that every day, almost, when you see the sun, moon, or stars, if the clouds aren't interfering, you've got a reminder, Israel will be a nation. And God is always faithful to keep his promise. So I want to remind you, sometimes people don't keep their promise. But God always does. God always does. He always keeps our promise, yes? And so I want to pray for that, okay? Father, thank you that you always keep your promise. Sometimes we do, people, and sometimes we don't. But you always keep your promise. And I pray, God, that as I've shared a few scriptures of things, and that we see the sun and the moon and the stars. We see that newspaper article declaring Israel's a nation. As we see the flag and we see Jewish people in the land of Israel. All these things remind us, God, that you keep your promise. And so, Father, help us to remember that. That you keep your promise. Because, Lord, we need you. And, and Lord, we need those things you promised. So thank you that Israel is a nation again. Thank you that you keep every promise. And from now on, let this be firmly planted in our minds so that that truth 
will be stronger and stronger and easier to remember that you keep your promises so that we won't get discouraged and we won't give up hope because we know you are faithful. Even when we're faithless, you're always faithful and you will keep your promise and thank you for that. Amen.